0: So we are joined by the one, the only Tony Novak. But before we get into the full-blown introductions, we're going to play our little intro video and get right to that. Okay, so we are out of that little shtick here now. Let me uh, just fix the screen quickly and good to go. We're full-blown inspired. Shit. All right. So to the introduction, one of my favorite people uh, in the industry. Uh, I met this guy a month before my first ever match. It was the night of his first match. With real Canadian wrestling, if I'm not mistaken, am I right on those details? Yes, this is the one, the only man. Start rocking out. We're here with Tony Frickin
1: Novak, man. What's going on, brother? Yo, Cameron, uh, it's good to finally talk to you, man. I feel like it's been a while, eh? Last, last time I saw you was at the Hiw show a few years ago, eh?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think that was the last time you seen me. Uh, that was the show they had right back there, wasn't
1: it? Uh. N- no, no, that was Regina where the, the head had right back, and Saskatoon is where I ran into you and I'm just like, Cameron. Yes, that's right. Fuck yeah. I didn't no you were man. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually giggling about that. I forgot about the first night I met you because I remember seeing you at the RCW shows like a month later when I came back. But the first night I met you, you know, introductions, this and that, whatever. But you remember me and my uh, classmates there We were bugging you about that. I was like, on that night, you look like, buddy there from uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Oh,
0: Silent uh, Silent Bob, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was a huge fan of uh, Jay and Silent Bob, so I was going with it the whole time. Yeah, I loved it.
1: Yeah, starting off on a good note, man. I
0: dug it. Oh, man.
1: That's awesome, dude. So...
0: Uh, before we get into the inspiration part of this podcast, let's do a little bit of catching up, man. How's everything been with you? How's uh, the wrestling scene out in your area? Uh, do you have any shows coming up, anything like that?
1: Uh, over here, uh, I was working primarily for PPW. That started about a year before, you know, the pandemic happened and we were catching steam there. But we, our last show was March of last year and I haven't worked since then. And unfortunately, around here... We only had the PPW ring, but we didn't have anywhere to set it up, you know. So with me, I've been at a complete standstill for a year and a half, you know, and I'm like completely rusty. I'm watching wrestling, and I'm just like forgetting, I, and I'm like, really? oh yeah. <laughs> so well, it's been it's been a tough time for us, you know, just uh, not not training, let alone having shows. But actually, actually this Thursday, C W E is finally, finally coming back to Saskatchewan. To Saskatchewan. So on Thursday, they're having a show at the Cosmo Civic Center in Saskatoon.
0: I still had our phone call open on my phone, so you were echoing, and I was like, what the hell's going on here?
1: (laughs) Just sounding real majestic there.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, what else is new, man? You always sound majestic. And PPW, that's uh, pure power. That's out there with uh, steel, uh, right?
1: Prairie Pro, actually. Like brand spanking new, yeah. But yeah, that's with uh, Roberto as the promoter and uh, uh, Crash. Crash has a hand in it as well.
0: Okay, cool, cool.
1: Yeah, but like I said, we were having like consistent shows, consistent good turnouts, and then everything just went completely dark there. But uh, we were actually looking to work the food truck wars this year, but they kind of put the kibosh on live entertainment. So we're uh, not going to be able to do that anytime soon, but we're hoping for PPW in like September or so. But okay. You know, just don't want to, you know, uh, set a date, get disappointed, whatever the hell. But we're just kind of like, you know, going with the restrictions. Don't want to get too pushy, right? Because then man, yeah, it just absolutely. won't work out that way. But thankfully, CWE came through for us. And Danny's coming through, reached out to all of us. And was like, hey, finally doing a show. That's awesome. So, and I so assume it? you'll be on the uh, CWE tour? Uh, not on the full tour, though. Um, Because with me, actually, I just got called back to work like about a month ago. And I work at the local casino here, but with that, it's impossible to book time off. So I was like, just barely able to get the Saskatoon show. So unfortunately, I'm kind of like not as open with the schedule as I usually am, you know, which is disappointing, right? Because as soon as he said we had four dates in Saskatchewan, I was like, damn, you know, like I'm lucky to make the one, unfortunately.
0: Well, at, at least you get to make the one and uh, I'm happy to hear that you're uh, going to be back in the ring soon. Uh, hopefully, uh, you and I can get in the ring together at some point.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a match I really want to have. That, that'd be a uh, that'd be a fun time. Remember we talked about that because uh, I was actually going to try to make it out to RCW, but then things just uh, never lined up there. And then the one time you come down for HIW, uh, you know, plans were already in place and we couldn't get anything going there. And then you couldn't come out here. I couldn't come out there. So seeing you was very far in between. Yes, but
0: uh, on the bright side, when uh, PPW starts back up, make sure you give me a call. I'll see what I can uh, see what I can make happen.
1: Damn right! You'll hop on a plane and get your ass over here.
0: <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? You never know where the Steel Panther is going to pop up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on.
0: But uh, yeah, man. So back to uh, the. I suppose the title of the show, the topic of the show, uh, the show's about inspirations and what inspired us. And a big reason for this show is we, as professional wrestlers, have become an inspiration for the next generation. And with that being said, I feel like it's a powerful thing to be able to tell that generation who inspired us. And maybe they can gain some inspiration from them as well. And. Our main topic for the episode today is Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys. Um, major influences on the two of us. Uh, but before we get into them, you yep. Before we get into them, we will discuss some of your influences, either personally, professionally. Uh, who, what were some of your major influences, uh, whether wrestling wise,
1: life wise? Well, uh, right off the top of my head, I had a grandfather, uh, you know, my in Cree, it's a Mushum. So my Mushum Tony was a huge part of my life until I was in grade four. And unfortunately, he passed away. But the reason he meant so much to me at a young age is because. I had a lot of family, so, like, attention was very divided, right? So, with me, I, like, you know, not to get into too many details of just, like, you know, family shenanigans, but, like, I didn't have a lot of people, like, you know, like my parents or whatever, just nobody coming out to me saying, hey, Connor, what do you like to do? What are you interested in, you know? But with my Mushroom Tony... He sat down with me and he let me like ramble to him about random stuff that I was interested in, you know. Like for example, I love dinosaurs. I had a phase there, right? So I would talk to him about that. And he was always super into it, but I wasn't into wrestling until a couple of years after he passed away. So um thinking about that, I think if I was into wrestling, he would have, you know, been the same way. You know, I would have talked talked his ear off about wrestling and he would have been down for it. So just keeping that in mind, that's why I you know, just uh, think about him a lot. And uh, that's actually where my name, Tony, came from. You know, just in memory of him, you know, just because, like, I know if he were here, he would be my biggest supporter. You know, like, not only as a fan, but as a wrestler as well.
0: Man, I never knew that. That's uh,
1: just a couple of dads here, eh? Yeah, a couple of dads. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with uh, all that being gotta, said, gotta as be far as little, like. You
0: know?
1: The wife didn't that? see. You got to pick your little one up again. The oh, wife didn't okay. see. Ah, She ran away. <laughs> yeah. She's camera shy. I'm sorry.
0: <gasps> I'm not a kitten,
1: but a cat. Yeah. You're a small cat. cat.
0: cat.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: you a big time cat dad. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> not yet.
1: I don't know. Uh, so how much- many cats you got? I got two. Two? Yep. My two little daughters. Somebody's baby daddy someday. Yeah, <laughs> I love that he calls me also because his daughters. Oh, yeah, the w- the wife's there twitching
0: with excitement because you're calling them your daughters. <laughs> yeah,
1: I take full pride in being and having two daughters and being a great cat.
0: There. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's adorable, man.
1: Yeah, but, but also with what I was talking about there with my Mushroom Tony, um, at, at the time that he passed away, I was uh being pushed into playing hockey, which is a lo- what a lot of my family members did. So kind of, for lack of a term, almost blindly, my family would push me towards that. of just like, like you're going to play hockey, right? Just like your cousins, just like your uncles, you're going to play hockey, right? It was just Here's like a given. Yeah. yeah, so I was kind of pushed into that and I did it for a few years. But the thing is, I was never really interested in it. And I never like took pride in being good at it, you know, like not putting myself over saying like, oh, I'm so good at it. But it just, it's never something I... Thought about, you know, all day, every day, whatever the hell. Just thinking of like, oh, how can I be better? How can I pursue this? You know, whatever the hell. But then when I got introduced to wrestling, I don't think I told you this, but it was, I went over to my cousin's house back in 2006. So I'm 10 years old. I'm just like, whatever. You're going to go hang out with my cousins. And he's like, you came on a good night. We're watching a pay-per-view. So I checked out the Royal Rumble 2006, and that was my first introduction to wrestling. That was Ray's Rumble, wasn't it? Damn right it was so with that you know right off the hop i get to see matt hardy and i'm like damn that's a cool guy more on that later and then rey mysterio wins and i'm like look at this little guy you freaking (laughs) won you know so like right off the hop i was like you know i feel like i dig wrestling and from there i started watching you know every week and then that's how i got into wrestling and just kind of found something that i was like heavily interested in because like i said hockey just wasn't doing it for me you know and any other kind of organized sport just wasn't you know wasn't there for me
0: <laughs> absolutely um, so you said uh, it was the 2006 Rumble that got you hooked if you will um, what would you say it was about that event that really caught your attention right off the bat was there something about professional wrestling that you've seen it was just this is in this is different you know
1: yeah i don't want to get too crunchy about it but i think just like seeing all these people come out in like these like crazy outfits and everyone just looking different from each other i just thought like nobody had to conform right and um uh back to like them my like my family pushing me into hockey they also pushed me to have short hair and to dress a certain way and this and that so watching wrestling it just felt like there didn't have to be any limitations on those kind of things Mm -hmm. you know so so just like it was an escape for me of just like seeing people like have like having the kind of hair that they want, dressing the way they want, looking the way they want, whatever the hell, you know? So like wrestling was just like, you know, like uh, shackles off, you know, where I was just like watching it. And I was just thinking things don't have to be this way, you know, things don't have to be a certain way, you know? So like, you know, I'm sure that's uh, what a lot of people say, but it just, it meant a lot to me, like just very much, you know, as far as being pushed to look a certain way, act a certain way, be interested in certain things. then with wrestling, I was just like, screw it. You know, I can be in it, whatever I want, you know?
0: Exactly. It gives you that uh, that freedom to express yourself however you want to express yourself, you know?
1: Exactly, yeah. That, that's exactly what drew me to it, you know? And then just being able to watch every single week, you know? Like, it was impossible not to get completely sucked in, and then I'd just been completely diehard ever since. It's a beautiful thing, man.
0: Oh, absolutely love it. Uh, was there any specific... Matches early on that you can say in your early fandom that really connected with you? Any matches, promos that were a powerful thing for your growth in your fandom, if that makes sense?
1: I think, I think just straight up it was Ray, you know, because like I said, I got in right at the height of him on his way to the world title. So hearing a lot of his promos of just like why he's doing something. You know, like uh, just kind of going in blind. You think like, oh, here's a dude in a mask who's flying around. You know, blah blah. Just because, just because he can. But then finding out that it's not just because he can. He's doing it like for a reason. You know, like, um, like on a high level, it was for Eddie. On a lower level, it was just because wrestling is what he loved. You know, like that's the, like the base of it, the foundation of why he he was doing what he was doing. And then just like you said with the promos, when you hear about what they're saying, what they're talking about, why they're doing what they're doing, there's just there's so much depth to it. There's so many reasons to be interested. You know, like I said, you just see Ray, you know, but then you hear Ray and it's on a completely different level why you're invested in what he's doing,
0: you know? Absolutely. Cause then you get the excitement of what he's doing in the ring physically while telling that story physically. But at the same time, he's also telling you with his words in a very emotional state of, Hey man, this this is what's going down and this is why, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And also with that, um, when Ray lost the title with me, I've always like, you know, when you see like a really good movie and then it's over and you just think, man, I'd love to see a sequel, right? Absolutely. But but in wrestling with Ray, his story of getting to the title, he wins the title, but then when he loses the title, I'm over here not disappointed that he lost the title. I'm excited for what he's going to do next. And that's what wrestling is of just like, it's continuous. Something is always happening. There's always, there's always next, you know? And and I think that's why I I just look forward to watching because there were so many factors, not just Ray, but like so many other people on the show at the time, Matt Hardy as well, you know? So like he's doing his thing, Ray's doing his thing. So many things to focus on and always thinking of like, Matt's done with this. What he's, what's he going to do next? Same thing with Ray, you know? So like just uh, something to Just be excited for, you know, like, sure, you go to school, whatever. then you come home and you're like, all right, what's going on over here?
0: You know? Yeah, absolutely. So with the grouping that you're mentioning, I assume you were more of a SmackDown guy.
1: Very much so. But that wasn't entirely by choice. (laughs) Because, you know, at the time, Raw was on pretty late. And that was a school night. Friday night, whatever the hell, stay up as late as you want. So always watching SmackDown. Fair enough. I remember there was a handful of uh,
0: things from Monday Night Raw in that era that uh, stood out to me. Shelton Benjamin's Raw run with uh, Triple H I really enjoyed as a youngster, but uh, I can wholeheartedly agree with the uh, being a SmackDown guy, man. I always found SmackDown to be the better show at that time. Um, Very much so. I, and how can you not with the likes of Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle? A young John Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar was either there or on his way out at the time, right? Uh,
1: not in two thousand six. What oh, sucks is right. like no, he was yeah. on his way out two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. In like two thousand six, I feel like I missed a lot of like um, a lot of like uh, staple people. You know, like unfortunately Eddie passed just before I started watching, and then people like Brock are gone, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's just like I ended up doing like research on wrestling like not almost by accident where uh, yeah. I would go to the store and rent a video game it was SmackDown Shut Your Mouth I didn't know when it came out I just I was like oh a wrestling game so I got it and then I'm looking at the roster and I'm like who are all these people you know and then I'm and then uh, you know you read article you read magazines and stuff and you hear about these people and like what they did and I'm just like like where are they you know like what the, <laughs> like all these people like and at the time Jeff came back in the summer of 06 right So before that, I was watching, and I'm playing Smackdown, Shit Your Mouth, and I'm like, Matt has a brother? (laughs) Like, there's just all these people that I haven't seen or haven't even heard of yet. And it was just like, there was just so much to wrestling, you know, just so much to, like, uh, learn about, so much to discover and stuff. And it was just like a bottomless pit of things to watch, people to know about. And it was such such a good time for me as a kid, yeah
0: abso freaking lootly So when you're talking about uh, the likes of, say, a Rey Mysterio, um, I can also relate to the loving Rey Mysterio as a youngster. Uh, Rey was always a huge uh, idol of mine as well. Actually, I remember, what was it? Uh, SmackDown 2004 or 2005, I went as a kid but I dressed up like Ray Mysterio when he do, and he wasn't even there.
1: <laughs> I actually had a similar thing there where I dressed up like Kevin Owens for uh, one of the WWE shows, but he wasn't even on the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's tremendous.
1: I'm just standing there like buddy, like Travolta from Pulp Fiction. I'm just like, where's, where's Owens?
0: <laughs> where's he at, man? Where's he too? <laughs>
1: then I just packed up and left. I'm just like, eh. <laughs>
0: like what's the what's the point
1: it just (laughs) broke my heart man (laughs)
0: yeah so um when it comes to your in-ring style the tony novak in-ring wrestling style what would you say are some of your biggest inspirations as to who tony novak is
1: um, as much as I loved smaller guys like Ray and, and the cruiserweights at the time in 06, um, also in 06, that's when ECW got rebooted, right? So I got, I, so, right? I got interested in people like Tommy Dreamer. And then on SmackDown, I loved Chris Benoit. So what I loved about those, like where obviously I'm not a big guy, so I'm, I can't like smack people around the way they do. But what I liked is just, um, not so much, you know, the crossbodies, the moonsaults, just kind of like just hitting someone. Right. So you see a lot like from some of the things that I've shown you where I'm just like, yeah, kicking dudes in the face, you know, just kind of like hitting a neck breaker, this and that, like simple stuff that are like impactful, but it's not like, it doesn't take a long way to get there, you know? So I just like the snap, right. of just like Benoit with the chops, dreamer with the punches, this and that, whatever, whatever, like just rapid fire in a way, but not like, it's like simple to digest where, you know, what's happening where you're just like, damn, that guy just hit that guy. Or Benoit, like quick snap suplex, like he just threw that guy, you know, just like sudden impact stuff. And that's what I try to go for where I don't want to limit myself where, yeah, I am small, but I'm also like um, not doing things that I wouldn't be good at, right? Where I'm not trying to like, you know, throw a dude over my head or whatever, but I am trying to hurt him. I'm not trying to uh, be fancy. I'm trying to be effective, you know, so that's the style I try to go for like with the like i said the pump kicks or whatever or uh the neck breakers or whatever whatever the hell just trying to like it means to an end right where i'm not trying to do the move for the move i'm trying to do the move to to get to the end there where i hit a neck breaker because my finished sliced bread or the twist of fate that's like what i'm targeting you know so i try to when people when when i have a match i want people to see that i have a plan you know like i'm not doing things just to do things. I'm not limiting myself where it's like, Oh, I'm a small guy. I got to do a cross body. And then I'll do something in the, at the end of the match that makes no sense as to why I did that. You know, always trying to build something, you know, where I I try to be strategic. That's like the key word of like how I describe my offense, you know, like where I just try to do things for a reason, you know?
0: Absolutely. Um, so speaking to the, topic inspirations of uh this episode uh let's go into matt and jeff hardy uh you said matt was a major inspiration and influence when you first started watching what was it about matt hardy that really got your attention
1: well if i can be blunt 2006 was not a great year for matt hardy he lost a lot especially in early 2006 but with me with me what i loved is that like Like you're familiar with his entrance, right? Where he comes out, his hands are in the air. He's throwing up the V1, this and that. He just, he has consistent energy. And as a kid, I see him where he comes out. I'm like, damn, this guy's really like hyped up, right? He has a match. He loses next week. Same energy, you know, like he didn't let that phase him. And it's like, Mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't visibly get down on himself. He would just like, keep going, show up every week. And he's the same guy. And I think that's just what I appreciated where Ray's over there winning the freaking world title, winning the Royal Rumble, having the best year of his life. And then Matt Hardy's over there, you know, just kind of getting crapped on, but he's still showing up and he's still Matt Hardy. still trying, you know, so like where I was just rooting for him, you know, I guess uh, him not winning very often made me want it that much more, you know, like not saying, oh, he's like, oh, I don't care. Maybe if I lose, they'll like me. (laughs) But, you know, he's he's doing his thing and whatever. And I just I, I could appreciate that about him, you know.
0: That was around the time frame he was having that uh, feud with
1: MVP, wasn't it? That was 1 year before. That was 07. So you can imagine my excitement when that happened. 06, I start watching, Matt doesn't have a lot going on. End of the year, he reunites with Jeff. He has a solid run with him, and then he finally starts going for the US title. Cuz like the all of 06, I'm over here saying like, give Matt Hardy a chance, you know. <laughs> you're just like guys come on where's matt hardy to
0: yeah and i'm just writing letters. To-
1: was his year man oh yeah WWE.com. i'm writing them i'm like damn it what are you guys doing you have matt hardy <laughs> how are you not seeing what i'm seeing
0: <laughs> so when you uh picked up the old smackdown games and you found there was such thing as a jeff hardy how did you react to that
1: i got pretty pumped you know where i'm just like First of all, you know, there was like this whole team, like there, there was this whole run that they had many years before I was watching and, you know, learning about that. And I was just like, there, there was, there was more to Matt Hardy. We're sure, like, just by looking, you can get excited by Jeff Hardy, right? He's the coolest guy, like in the freaking world, right? Absolutely. But I, I was still drawn to Matt where I think the same thing where like with like subconsciously, obviously, I'm not thinking about it at 10 years old. But like watching Matt Hardy's matches it was the same thing that I try to go for you see that he has he's trying to do something he's working towards something he's always attacking the neck he's always like you know um trying to hook buddy for the twist of fate like he always had an end game you know so that's why I loved watching his stuff man I love that shirt <laughs> i as a kid I wanted to get you know my own Matt Hardy shirts but it just at the time it just wasn't in the budget you know <laughs>
0: Okay, now I gotta hear it like from your voice. How do you like my version of your Tony Novak V1 logo?
1: I love it. It's okay. It it just it's satisfying to look at, you know. Where I'm just like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. And also, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to show my tattoo here because I'm sure like you've seen it, eh? Where I got the Matt Hardy logo on on my wrist here. And, and this logo, you know, just makes me think of 2006 Matt Hardy. You know, like, he had the shirt and stuff. Matt Hardy will not die, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is what I saw Absolutely. every week on SmackDown, you know. So, I just, with everything I just told you about why I like Matt Hardy and why I appreciate him, you know, I just wanted that logo, you know, of, uh, I got into wrestling, but Matt's the reason why I, like, fell in love with wrestling, you know. Absolutely. Because, like I said, it wasn't just, he wasn't just doing things, you know. You just see him, you show up, he has energy, he's strategic you know where he just i'm always always curious what he was going to be doing either in the match or next week you know he just he kept my attention and i honestly wonder what it would have been like if i saw jeff first but i think in the back of my head i I think i still would have been drawn to matt
0: um i agree man because like Jeff was very flashy. He was very quick to catch the attention over Matt. But Matt by himself, especially in that 2006-2007 bracket, that was some of the best Matt Hardy stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. His original V1 stuff in like 2003 was sick too. But that MVP angle was something I
1: loved. That was sick, man. Exactly. And, you know, that's actually like that, that's uh, like what I was getting at when I said like when I was excited that he was finally like getting a shot, not only at the U.S. title, but to like be prominent, right? Like to be on the mic, to be having consistent matches and whatever the hell, you know, and it's just he, he like shackles are off, right? Where he's not just Matt Hardy coming out, trying, losing, same thing next week. He was coming out and he's getting like a fair shot to show that he has a different kind of personality from Jeff, you know, cause like when they had that run together, sure. It was awesome. But you know, like just Jeff, man, he's so, he just has that personality. He just can't help, but he has that quiet cool, right? You just watch what he's doing and you're just watching Jeff, you know, unfortunately, you know, Matt doesn't exactly do the same things as, as Jeff always. But, um, when Matt's on his own and he's just like given that shot, right. Given like, he's given a topic sentence and then Matt can carry mm-hmm. it on from there. And he can, his own thing you know so just being able to see him be be completely on his own and just not having to you know be latched on as one half of the hardy boys where he's just matt hardy doing his own thing
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which i just i I just loved man it was was just very fun to watch for me especially like hearing about how when they were a team they were awesome and then seeing them as a team again but then everyone's kind of like talking about jeff right Mm -hmm.
0: oh as (laughs) they would because he just came back but when Jeff came back, how did you react to that? Because, like, you had seen previous things of Jeff Hardy. Did you Were you aware of his TNA run at the time?
1: I was not, no. I, I didn't get into TNA till like, late 2006, about the time Kurt Angle came in. But by that time, yeah. Jeff was already back, you know. So, actually, it was, like, maybe a few weeks before Jeff came back that I, I was playing SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. So, I saw Jeff, you know, with the shaggy blonde hair and the white tank top. And then that's yep. when they started airing vignettes for his, his return. You see the blonde hair in the tank top, and I'm like, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy from the game, you know? And then, oh, that's that's Matt's brother. And then, yeah, it was just it, – it was really cool, man.
0: And when he came back, he uh, had that face-off with Edge, didn't he?
1: Very much so. Just came right out, got right in his face, and he looked very different from what I was expecting, but just, like, it's undeniable, man. Jeff is just too damn cool. <laughs>
0: Too damn cool, man. Yeah. Now, that's the thing. Like, when you were watching Matt and Jeff, was it something that you noticed right away of Matt had more I don't want to say oomph, but like he, he can, I almost came into it a little more uh, make everything count instead of just balls to the wall?
1: Yeah, and I think I'm <clears throat> um, seeing Matt first made me appreciate that, you know, I'm sure over time I would have seen it differently, but just right off the hob, just seeing Matt first and like, you know, focusing solely on Matt and then, then seeing Jeff, you know, we're sure I I love what Jeff was doing and, you know, you can appreciate, you know, what the like balls to the wall, like you said, where it's just like amazing to watch, but I was just already, you know, invested in Matt at that point, you know, so when they were teaming together, you just see it come together. Beautiful thing. Like just, mm, but just with jeff there was just something off for me in ring in ring wise you know we're just same thing I just didn't want it I, it just felt like sometimes things were limited to like the aerial stuff you know and there's just something about that where uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated by it but i I just can't I can't I can't get only that you know mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's like if it's like if I got a, a sub from subway and I only got pepperoni you know, where it's like, sure, it's good, but I want a little of this, a little of that, freaking bam, I want I want the whole thing, you know. And I get that with Matt. Get the moonsaults here and there, so you get a little bit of Jeff in there too, so it's okay.
0: Absolutely. I don't even know if
1: I've ever seen Jeff do a moonsault. <laughs> well, you know, like same flip, different direction. <laughs> oh man, I like
0: I always considered myself to be a Jeff guy personally. Jeff was always a very huge influence uh, on me, and I feel like a big part of that was uh, uh, when I was younger. Uh, I kind of always felt like I was a bit of a uh, fuck up, if you will. <laughs> so I would look at I would look at Jeff and be like, "Well." He can fuck up, but when he fucks up, he's able to make it, he's able to overcome his fuck up and make shit right and come back and be better. If he can do that, so can I. Yeah. And there were a lot of times where just watching Jeff Hardy struggle being Jeff Hardy helped me struggle through things that I would have never expected uh, pro wrestling to help me get through, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Where I even use that word where wrestling was like an escape. Right. But then with you watching it, you get like the, you know, where it it relates to what's going on with you, you know, but it's like making you confronted in a good way. Right. Where like, yeah, this is happening, but you know, it could lead to lead to good again. Right.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent.
1: All right on, man. That's pretty solid on, on Matt's end of things. Like I know the whole subject here is the Hardy boys. So like with you being a Jeff guy, um, would you say like you um, like heavily favored Jeff over Matt? Like uh, it, in for that a demographic, long
0: time, yeah. Like I re- like I liked Matt, but Matt was always the Marty Janetti to me.
1: Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like and, and Matt's he's not. That's the thing because both Hardys were realistically just as good as the other. They just had different. Uh, styles and Not that Marty Jannetty wasn't tremendous He was Unfortunately yeah. that's just the um,
1: Analogy wow.
0: Analogy yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah man I always, uh, I always I was always drawn to Jeff And I feel like a big part of that is when I was a kid I had a few wrestling Tapes and one of them was WrestleMania 2000 Oh yeah And Jeff Hardy's swanton on Bubba Ray Dudley blew my freaking mind. I seen that. I was like, this dude will risk anything. He will do anything to try to win a match. This is my guy right here. You know what I mean? Like He even went to the tippy top of the ladder. I was like, what the? Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, when I first saw that too, uh, what what I dug about Jeff, you know, was just um, when you're watching a show consistently, you sometimes forget that there's like 15,000 people in the arena, right? Sure, you hear them. But then when you see Jeff take that moment, like whether it's a ladder or even just the top rope, right? When he's up there for the swanton, he like looks around and he's like, he's like reminding you of like, hey, remember all these people that are here, you know? And like, where sure he's doing it for the camera, whatever the hell, like, you know, work the camera. But he's also, like, taking the time to, like, remind you that, like, you know, there's all these people here, you know. So, it just makes it more exciting that way. So, yeah, that's a very iconic moment to you. Just etched in your brain.
0: Absolutely, man. And uh, so, I'm going to pop up a little comment here that we have. So, uh, Ed Fries. It looks like Ed Fry's. I apologize if that's not correct, but that's how it looks. I'm sorry. Um, The Hardys are such polar opposites, but I feel like Matt is a storyteller while Jeff is such a creative person, but everywhere except the wrestling ring. Now, to an extent, I agree with everything except the last part. I, I feel like Jeff is also very creative when it comes to his wrestling style. I mean, how many other people did you see run across the barricade to jump at somebody? Yeah. Which was, yeah. Also, which was also a tremendous cutoff. I always loved when they cut that off. And <laughs> uh, we got another comment here Jeremiah Douglas, I prefer Matt because he pulls off face or heel, as where Jeff can't pull off heel, uh, can't pull heel off as well.
1: So just saying, like, uh, um, Matt's a little more versatile than Jeff, but it's not I even like, say- it's not even a. a- like a, a knock on Jeff, right? Where he's just like he's naturally so it's goddamn like lovable.
0: So much more. Matt has that charisma where he can go anywhere with it. Whereas Jeff, he's very charismatic, but he's charismatic being Jeff.
1: Yeah, Jeff that that, Jeff that quiet, cool Jeff man where you just good. like you're just drawn yeah, to him, right?
0: Like, exactly. It's like Matt can be anything, but Jeff is going to be Jeff no matter what you tell Jeff to be. <laughs> it's like it's going to be Jeff's version of
1: whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> but that is something I feel like was something I always loved about Jeff was that no matter what position he was put into, he was always going to be Jeff. He was – no matter what he'd done, even when he was wrong, he was still going to be Jeff. He was yeah. never going to lose himself in his mistakes. He was never going to lose himself in – um manipulation if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, where he's not being pulled in different directions that he doesn't want exactly. to go in.
0: Exactly. Like he was always going to remain true to himself and that was something that uh was very powerful to me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and also early on with the MVP stuff with Matt, you know, like to, to their points on the comments there where Matt being versatile where it's not just um where not just the character wise or in ring wise but like feud wise like stuff with MVP right the fucking one-upmanship or whatever you know like the the little games that they were doing where to a point it was cheesy but the way they did it you know where it was very entertaining to watch and like where you have you know Matt and MVP feuding for the US title but they're not feuding in the traditional way you know still an entertaining way and they still got there they still got to the to the end of the story but just like a whole different recipe man and it was just just lovely right
0: absolutely 100 100 percent um now in that time frame when you first seen matt before jeff came back what was your favorite matt hardy match in that time frame
1: matt hardy had so many good matches with mr kennedy like those deadly they never had like a full-on pay-per-view match but the random matches they had on smackdown like they like i said with matt where he just wasn't like just about like aerial stuff you know like the way they fought each other it wasn't like like kennedy could get violent right where he'd throw buddy into the ring post or whatever he'd stomp on dude's face and then matt would give it back to him you know where it's just um i just got excited to see that with kennedy you know you love to hate him and then with matt you know obviously i love him right so just seeing them come together then you're just like just consistently rooting for Matt. You know, like for me, you know, when I'm watching it, I'm just like, I want Matt to, to kick this guy's ass. I want him to shut him up, whatever the hell. But then you can, you're, you're just like, but Matt might be in trouble. Kennedy's pretty damn good, right? So the match just had me, matches had me on the edge of my seat every single time. And I actually still go back and watch those March 2007, 2007 and April 2007, pre WrestleMania, post WrestleMania. Those two matches were just unreal and just. And also they had a callback in like their second match there to that original match. So like there was just so much potential there for like a solid feud. And JBL even said in one of those matches, which I really dug where Kennedy was Mr. Money in the bank. Right. And then uh, he said, we're looking at one half of the WrestleMania main event in Mr. Kennedy, because of the briefcase, we could be looking at the other half in Matt. Mm -hmm. Then I'm over here with my fingers crossed. Like, damn, I hope you're right. (laughs) It's <laughs> like, please, can it? Um,
0: speaking of a great Matt Hardy match, we had uh, Jeremiah Douglas of uh, Global Sports Rebellion Wrestling Podcast. I, I'm sorry if I butchered that. I know I likely did. Um, Matt Hardy versus Edge's cage match. That um, is my all-time favorite match. How long was it match. until you were able to see that uh, bad boy?
1: Um, I, I heard about it, but I'm trying to think. I, I can remember when I got um the Matt Matt and Jeff Hardy DVD, you know, the Twist of Fate Matt and Jeff Hardy story. So that that match is on there. But um I, 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 I don't want to say that was the first time I seen it because I'm pretty sure I went out of my way to find it, but I don't remember the first time I watched it. But I remember when I had the DVD, I wore that that thing out, man. Cause that match was just so fun to watch. And just I actually watched it recently and it just makes you appreciate the way they like build to like the big spots, you know, like compared to AEW, but that's a whole other can of worms. But that it, Matt Edge whole, match. Uh,
0: it's a whole other uh, generation thing, man. When it's like, yeah, dude, I used to watch that DVD so much, it like it doesn't even work that well anymore
1: yeah (laughs) it skips it skips but it's the (laughs) one yeah just stream it man what are you doing
0: (laughs) oh geez um so because i did butcher that podcast name global rebellion wrestling and sports podcast uh with jeremiah douglas my man i've been on there a few times um we've after discussed matt and jeff uh Just tag team wrestling, Mick Foley, whole nine yards. Great dude. Deadly show. Definitely give him a check out. Um, But now speaking to the uh, Matt Hardy and Edge back and forth, um, what were your thoughts on all that? How were you feeling about Edge when you found all that out? Because you were a diehard Matt Hardy fan
1: yeah I got into that after the fact like I said you know just like everything happened in 05 apparently and then I I jump on just after but uh, WWE.com had that as a whole separate section you know <laughs> like uh, where you go to Matt Hardy's page and you got like pictures of him and Jeff this and that and then all of a sudden Edge Feud and I was like what the hell I click on that and I'm just like damn these look like good matches then I read about what happened I'm like man what an asshole <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, like, I at the time, you see, I saw Edge and Lead on Raw, you know, so I'm just like, oh, blah, blah, they're just an arrogant couple or whatever. And then I hear about what they did to my boy, and I'm just like, what the hell? You know? Did and you then that's on SmackDown. Before? Yeah, where I'm just like, man, screw that guy, WWE champion, <laughs> fucking being successful over there, man, fuck that guy.
0: Well, that was around the time he had the Rated R belt, too, which is a super underrated belt. Like, if you're a fan of the Spinner belt and don't like the Rated R, there's something
1: wrong with you. Yeah, <laughs> just favoritism, man. I, I don't like it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that feud, that feud though. I got to see uh clips of it. I didn't get to they, they didn't post full matches on the on dot com there, but they had like the highlight videos, like the promo videos like before the SummerSlam match and before the Unforgiven match. So I got caught up on what was going on, right? And then of course, found out that Matt came out on the losing end of it, but, you know, the cage match that's where, that's where I pretend it ended, you know, just the perfect ending for Matt, you know, like everything they did to him, he did to them in the cage. And it was just
0: Absolutely.
1: perfect storytelling. So like to that extent where I know Jeff can tell stories, but like, again, I don't want to knock him, but I just feel like as far as feuds go, Jeff feels like a little limit, limited, right? Where he's like the underdog guy when he's chasing the WWE title, you know, but then it happened a few months later when he's chasing the world title. He's a but, great um, underdog. Exactly. He does it well. So like you said, when he's just Jeff, but I, feel Jeff like right?
0: I feel like that's also partially because like life wise, dude's a bit of an underdog, if that makes sense. Seems like he's a bit of an underdog in his own world. If that uh, resonates, I feel like that's partially why uh, I always related because that's how I perceived him.
1: Yeah, well, if it works, then yeah, just keep doing it, right? And it did work every single time Jeff did anything, you know? But with Matt, you know, like, that's what I loved where it's just like nothing was ever the same with, like, anything he did, you know? Whether he's chasing the US title, chasing the ECW title, he just had different ways of getting there. The matches were different. The promos were different. Where Matt was able to uh, just kind of approach things a different way. But with Jeff, he can do the same thing because it works every single time, whether it's a little tweak here and there, Jeff is being Jeff and Jeff is, you know, successful in his own right. But with Matt, you just, you don't know what the hell's coming next. And that's what I love, loved about him.
0: Absolutely. Now I'm going to ask you two questions here. The first one, how did you react when Matt Hardy won the ECW championship? And number two, did you scream like a child when you seen Hardy boys come back at WrestleMania
1: and, do not lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> when he won the ECW title, that was actually the weekend of my birthday. So as you can imagine, I'm just like, yes, yes. Finally. Yeah, <laughs> he did it for me. <laughs> but, <Sorry. laughs> but dude, like that, like people can knock the ECW title all they want. It's a world oh. title. So I'm like, yes, this is Matt's crowning moment. He's a world champion. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I was just like, hell yeah finally and also with ecw right it's like the third brand it's only an hour long it's a it's a small little ship but matt he's the one you know running it right so i was excited yeah. for that where again matt is just completely on his own not tied to jeff doing his own thing so i i enjoyed that time frame there and straight up let me tell you this when the hardy boys came back at wrestlemania i was working a family pizza at the time i was working the closing shift I come home. I completely avoid any and all spoilers. I messaged Jensen. I was like, don't tell me shit. I come home at about 2 a.m. I got a box of pizza. You know, I got my Polar Pop. I sit down, actually, on this very iPad. I had it set up, and I'm set up exactly as I am now. I slap on WrestleMania, and I'm just watching like this, like this, because, like, I heard the rumors. I heard the rumblings, but I got no confirmations. I'm watching. I'm watching. Fatal 4-Way announced. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then as soon as the music hit, I lost my shit. I almost cried. Same. I almost cried, <laughs> but like Same. not not just because like you're being excited about it, but just like I didn't think it was ever gonna happen because they were gone for what like eight years. Well, that oh. and they were just in ring of like they
0: just had every independence tag team championship.
1: Up, they bamboozled everybody. <laughs> Like Like they had
0: everybody's tag belts, and then they went and got the raw tag belts.
1: Yeah, they they even posted on Twitter, "Literally, Orlando, we're out of here!" And then all of a sudden, you know, they didn't go anywhere. You know, like, goddamn it, it was just one of the best moments in in my life. In my life, not not me as a fan, but my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I uh,
0: I was in the room with my roommates, and I squealed. I screamed so loud. I was that excited. Yeah. Shaking at the knees. Oh yeah. Weak at the knees. No, I jumped up. I almost went through the roof, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, I- we were in our little double wide, and I almost went through the roof being so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Just rattled that fucker. Oh my Jesus. Yes. <laughs> That was – oh, and that's the thing. It's like you know you have that kind of impression on people when you've got grown adults like us almost in tears at
1: someone's presence. We couldn't let go, man. Like as soon as they came out, it was just exactly how it was when we first started watching, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And like I was there on the couch, and I'm like, it's going to fucking happen. It's going to happen. Everybody, I'm telling you all, it's happening. It's happening. And when it happened, I'm like,
1: yes. Yeah. Throwing cash on the table. I will bet you that it's happening. If I had cash on me, I probably would have and should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just one of the best nights ever, man. Because like I said, I didn't think it was going to happen. You know, but, you know, anything can happen in wrestling and that. But I, I completely took that out of my head where I'm like, Matt's been gone so long. I don't think he's ever coming back. Blah blah, blah. Woe was me and whatever. But then he came back and it's just like, fuck.
0: Now, how was your reaction when they won the match?
1: I was happy, but I was also insanely confused. Or I'm just like, so does this mean they're back forever? But I thought they were an impact. What the hell? What's going on? You know, like I was so goddamn confused, but I was so happy. You know, it was just, it was conflicting feelings, man. It was just, it was a wild time to be a fan. (laughs) That's how they get you.
0: Oh, yeah. They get you, they tug on your heartstrings a little bit and then they let the one you like go away. And then when they come right when you're about to, you know dip out for a little bit they bring them back and tug on that heartstring again yeah. <laughs> and i got so many of them between friggin' matt and jeff mick foley friggin' whole nine man edge all of them like there's so many like and i know you mentioned uh Benoit before um that tragedy happened how did you react to that how old were you at the time
1: uh i was about yeah. 11 11 yeah i was actually si- sitting at home i'm like i actually went to the local uh cinema to go watch night of champions and then that's when the announcement was that benoit couldn't make the show and whatever didn't think much of it i was just like oh family emergency whatever hopefully he'll be back soon and then the next night on on raw well actually before raw my cousin called me and he's like hey, what's up? Are you watching Raw yet? And I was like, no, man. It starts in half an hour. And he's like, oh, isn't that crazy about Benoit? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's dead. Man, he did. I'm just like, shut up. He's <laughs> like, you're lying. Yeah, I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just like, it was mind-blowing to me because, um, what's it? like I said, I started watching after Eddie died. So I'm watching for about a year and a half, right? So I never had to fully digest somebody that you're like invested in, like passing away. It's like, it's very different, right? Like a family member passing away. We've all been through that. We all know what it's like, but but like someone that you're a fan of, someone that you don't know personally, but you feel invested in and losing them. It's, it's a really trippy feeling, right? Where you feel sad, but then you're, you're like, I didn't know them, but it felt like I did in a way. So when I got the news, it, it, it crushed me, man. Where I just didn't want to believe it. You know, watching SmackDown consistently, like I said, Benoit was always on there. He's always kicking ass. He was always doing his thing. I love Benoit. And then here in the news, unfortunately, yes. (laughs) Just a mess.
0: I I was a mess, too. My parents were like, yeah, no, you get bullied enough. We're keeping you home.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm having to confess to everyone you're crying over a dude you didn't know. I mean, I did get to meet him one time, if that... Helps. (laughs) Helps. <laughs> no shit.
0: Really? I was, uh, you remember when he came back in like 2002 at yeah. Raw in Edmonton? Signing before that.
1: No shit. I was a
0: toddler, silent waiting in line.
1: Can only imagine, man. But yeah, I me, don't, meeting I don't, him, I don't yeah, have that any recollection
0: things. of it. Like, I don't phys- have the physical memory. But I have the WWE autograph signing autograph.
1: Oh, man, that's that's different. That definitely changes things. If you cried, no judgment. But I did cry. (laughs) You're justified. I mean, mean, there's also a
0: story about Big Show where when he uh, did a signing right after his uh, sumo match in Edmonton. Like, he did the sumo match and then did a signing in Edmonton. And I was maybe four or five years old. But when, when I was younger, I was super thin. So I did the whole sumo squat gimmick on the stage in front of him. But he just about pissed himself.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just some Best kids squared head. up to him.
0: <laughs> oh, man. And like I could imagine how like funny that would be these days because it's like, oh, dude, this is adorable. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, But going back to Matt and Jeff, man, when they came back, um, I suppose actually before we get into when they came back, we already uh, got into our reactions. Um, When the Hardys left and they ended up in Impact, what were your thoughts on their run there? How did you like their original – well, not original, but like the 2010
1: Immortal – run uh i wasn't huge on it i actually dug jeff as a heel just because he was touching on like the real shit right where he's just like you know if i could talk to younger jeff hardy i would say like what the fuck are you thinking you know where he's like i hurt for the fans why don't they ever hurt for me you know like just i loved him as a heel and then matt came in and he was just stooging for jeff you know but now i know that matt was just in a bad place and he was like just barely there enough to work right but not enough to contribute (laughs) that so <laughs> is one of those things,
0: like he just needs a job so he's not completely off
1: the rocker. Very much so. So he was just there in 2011, then he was gone. And then, you know, we all know about like that suicide video that he posted and, well, like supposed suicide video. And I was just, I was crushed, man. I just didn't like to see Matt like that. Cause when I heard he left WWE, I was, you know, I was bummed, obviously. You know, then I'm like, oh, maybe he'll go to Impact. And then he did. I was like, high hopes, high hopes for something good. But then you just see it in his face where he's just like, he just doesn't care. And then proven right, where it's just like, he just wasn't in a good place, you know? So the original run, so to say in 2011 was just, wasn't for me really disappointing, really sucked the life out of me for a while, but I, you know, still keeping up with what Matt was doing and stuff, hoping for the best. And then you hear about him on the independence. And then it was actually 2014 when he came back to impact. And then him and Jeff had a, for lack of a better term, a regular run. And then when Matt turned heel and all the broken Matt Hardy stuff came up, you know, like that. That's when shit just hit the fan, right? <laughs>
0: Completely reinvented himself.
1: Hell yeah. And I was actually, I just started watching Impact again in early 2016. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll, I'll get back into it. And I, I got back in just in time for Matt to, you know, become broken and stuff. And that I was actually training at Lance's dur- uh, during the final deletion. <laughs> so, like, that happened. And then the very next day, Lance is like, what would you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> we had a full-on discussion about it. It was freaking great. Very unique for his time, but, you know, personally, I, I dug it, you know. But it's just watered down at this point, cinematic-wise. For sure.
0: Absolutely. And, I mean, I myself have done a cinematic. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the something on the outlines newfoundland yeah
1: where, where uh, could i, I find remember.
0: that the new evolution wrestling youtube page i'll send you a link after uh we're off the air sounds I good i'll
1: cut a promo on youtube all right guys so i just watched <laughs> cameron stevens <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good time man i, I liked it but uh Yeah, I seen one recently. The best one I've seen in the last couple of years, to be honest
1: with you. Uh, The fight at the farm, man. The Briscoe. The Briscoes. Oh, dude! I heard Cornette talk about it, and I was like, "Damn, I gotta check that out." And then just kind of slipped my mind. But yes, I want to. I want to check that out. And if you're recommending it, I'll definitely check it out then. Oh man, it was. I highly recommend it. It was probably one of my
0: favorites because it. Didn't look like they needed a camera break at any point in time.
1: Like, um, for the most part, a one shot kind of thing, right?
0: Essentially, yeah. It, it, like, it was just a fight, start to finish. And Papa Briscoe was the fucking man.
1: I heard. All right, the guys, come on,
0: show. put your dukes up and fight like men. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's calling it Mark like it is, hits eh? Him in
0: the nuts, and he's like, hey, come on, fight like men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's solid, man. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I'll get back to you as soon as I watch both of those.
0: Oh, man, it's a good time, man. And uh, it's something that I feel like Matt Hardy almost turned into a trend was doing those cinematic-style matches Like After Matt Donham, how many times has the WWE broken out a cinematic match?
1: Yeah, I remember it wasn't long after they did that House of Horrors with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. You know, we're just like kind of same shit, different toilet, but definitely wasn't as good as the deletions. The deletions were just like entertaining in a way, right? We're just entertaining, not in a cheesy way, but it was just like a match was happening, and then, you know, entertaining stuff would happen. You know, entertaining stuff would be sprinkled on there. You know, compared to how it is now, where there's just a lot of entertaining shit and they occasionally grab a hold.
0: <laughs> so where is your uh, mindset on the Hardy Boys currently? Because obviously Jeff just uh, re-brought back uh, No More Words on uh, Monday Night Raw. Or was it Raw He came back to?
1: Came L- back last to night, Raw? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was Raw or SmackDown, yeah, Monday Night Raw, he came back with No More Words. Uh, Matt Hardy's got his little crew in AEW. Uh,
1: So I keep up with AEW. Um, I'm kind of in and out with WWE at the moment, but I watched Raw for the sole purpose of seeing No More Words, which is one of the best moments, you know, that I've seen recently. And, you know, the nostalgia, just like, just seeing how happy Jeff was, seeing how excited the crowd was. It was just one of those just recipes for a beautiful moment you know so with jeff i'm glad uh poem video they posted not the video but i read the poem you know interesting take on everything that's been going on eh
0: absolutely 100 so
1: so i can appreciate jeff I, i like what jeff has been doing you know where he's around sure he's not being featured you know but he's still there still doing his thing and then you know just patiently waiting for the day he was able to use no more words again and it was it was worth the wait so on jeff's side of things I dig what he's doing. I dig him. You know, I'm glad he's still around. I, I just got to say, man, I'm really disappointed with what Matt's doing in AEW because it's um. I know he's known for like, like we said, he's versatile. He can do be a heel, be baby face and whatever, but I'm just, I'm not digging what he's doing because it just, it just feels like he's assing off, you know? Yeah. Right? It's just
0: not your cup of tea. If we can use that uh, terminology.
1: Definitely. Definitely just cuz like like you said Matt Hardy version 1 that shit was awesome like that was really fun to watch and it, it was i thought it was the kind of thing that just like happened to be entertaining but with the AEW thing it's like he's trying to be entertaining but it's just like completely it's flat just- it's got no soul you know it's just kind of How do you
0: feel about uh the um what's the word I'm looking for when he goes from one place to another uh teleporting
1: I hate that shit <laughs> i just ha- hate
0: partially what's do you think that's partially what's making it not your cup of tea
1: maybe yeah like i, I think i love the broken matt hardy stuff because there was like felt like there was a a limit to his shenanigans but um i don't know it feels like it's completely off the rails now and he's just trying everything but that was at first with what he's doing now with the big money matt stuff you know where it's just uh i wasn't huge on the Broken Matt Hardy stuff when he first came to AEW just because, like you said, the teleporting and shit. Personally, I hated it. It was just kind of like putting a hat on a hat where it's like, hey, it's a silly gimmick, but you don't need to do the -the over-the-top silly shit where it's like, we believe you. It's silly, you know? (laughs) I love
0: that phrase, hat on a hat.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. You know, And then when he became Big Money Matt, it was just like – I know he did it in ring of honor before he did an impact before and it worked, you know, whatever at the time, but it's just, now there's just no, I don't know. It just feels how many years too late, you know, just, I don't know. I was hoping he was going to be regular babyface Matt Hardy again. Like, I don't know if you remember, but
0: uh, to see his match with Christian here lately.
1: Yes. Yes. And I was hoping, hoping Christian was going to drag something out of him. And for the most part, yeah, it was a solid match and reminded me of why I like Matt, you know, where I'm sure he's doing his hokey bullshit, his big money Matt, you know. But then when he got in the ring with someone like Christian, and you have to keep he's up with someone Matt. like Christian, you know, you see that Matt can do it. He's still capable, he's slower, but he's capable, you know. So it's just, it was a Watch. nice reminder for someone like me, you know, where I'm just like, that's why you I like only
0: that. that. Like Jesus, I'm shocked he's still fucking wrestling with the brain damage they gave him.
1: Fuck. Yeah, was, I was, that's actually what I was going to say there, where it was right after that where he got fucked up at the pay per view. And then on the next episode, Dynamite, he came out, no broken mat, no big money, no shenanigans, no, no bullshit. He's just Matt. Cut a promo, got a you know good reaction, and for me, like you know, full circle, man. Two thousand six, two thousand seven, Matt Hardy. That's what I saw there, and I was like, AEW is kind of short on baby faces. Maybe Matt can finally be be one of them, right?
0: Did that bother you when Matt got fucked up and the match continued?
1: Very much so. Because You could see, like, he was completely dead on his feet, and it's scary. And, like, I'm sure you've heard, you know, where I got my concussion, you know, like, and where it's just when you're just Which like completely one? uh 2017 at a r- ringside. Did I tell you about that? Mm, possibly,
0: I've taken a few myself, so my memory's not the best, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> but, no problem. Yeah, uh, the 420 style, yeah. <laughs> ah, Gotcha.
1: <laughs> but yeah, with uh like that concussion specifically, like without getting into like A, a to Z or whatever. Um mm. I got power bombed, like I got ragdolled like brutally in my head, brutally basketballed and then I can like thankfully it was post match. You know, not thankfully, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I I I didn't have to continue in a match, but I was fucked up. I got basketballed in the ring. Matt got basketballed on the concrete. And he kept going. That's scary. Like, sure, people can say, like, oh, that's what wrestlers do. They work hurt. That's what you do. You finish the match. Fuck that. Matt, man. Like, he, not he was fucking. your fucked. brain, man. He you was don't jelly. Work hurt with fucking brain, dude. He was that jelly, is- man. Like, it was fucked up. It was really scary to see. If the and lights
0: then- are on and nobody's home, like, hell in a cell with Mick Foley and the Undertaker would never happen today. Because as soon as Mick got thrown off the cage, they would not let him Climb back on top of the fucking thing. That'd be it. Ninety-eight. They're like, well, fuck this. It. Fuck it. This tough bastard's gonna go back up there. I guess he's going
1: back up there. It's Mick. He's got it. Right.
0: But like these days, with all the knowledge on concussions and stuff like that, I'll be honest. I watched that uh, movie concussion with uh, what was it? Will Smith. Uh,
1: I'm not familiar, actually.
0: Um. It's basically about one of those doc, about one of the concussion doctors, where he's going through trying to explain. He put a tomato in a water bottle and shook it once, and there's a little bit of juice. Shook it again, there's a little bit of juice. It's like every time you get a concussion, (laughs) and like it wasn't very long before the thing was mush. I'm like. Fuck!
1: <laughs> That's a pretty scary like, I've visual. I've seen
0: that and thought about how many times I've been hit in the head. I'm like, shit, I'm fucked.
1: <laughs> I'm a bruised tomato.
0: <laughs> it's like, I'm a fucked up tomato. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mushy tomato.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> all I am now.
0: <laughs> what it freaked me out when I first seen it because it's like Especially like back in the days when you're dealing with headaches and shit. And you, you see a movie like that explaining all the um, different things. As Jeremiah Douglas is putting, this is your brain on chair shots. <laughs> you know, like when, when we see stuff like that, because we've after both had concussion issues. Once you see Matt Hardy's lights off. And they're still doing wild shit. It'd be one thing if it was finishing the match to get to the end of it. They were still getting their shit in.
1: Like they they didn't like adjust anything, you know, like business as usual, you know, and it's just, yeah. And it's like, how, (laughs) man? I
0: I remember I, uh, I used to do a corner drop kick, Buddy had his leg out a little bit and I landed on his leg. And because I didn't want to make, I didn't want to find out if he was that messed up in the ring. We, I would rather find that out in the back. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Those, I had to roll him up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nope,
1: fuck that. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar thing there, too, where it was like two minutes into a match. I did a backflip and I completely fucked my knee. You know, and then I just kind of kept going, right? And then watching the match back, man, like I couldn't even put any weight on it. I'm visibly limping. I'm completely out of it, you know? And then you just kind of, you well, know, that's just ca-
0: got. You're able to do that with your arm. You're able to do that with your leg. You can't really do that with your
1: head. Yeah, it's very like circumstantial, right? Where it's like, finish the match, they say. So, like, in some circumstances, you can. Maybe you shouldn't, you know, in some cases, you know, but in that case, like, it was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, hey, it's like that's who gives a shit? Just, like, you, you just
0: can't, I don't give a fuck that he did. You just like morally, you cannot, this is not allowed in a morally right situation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh my God, man, it, it, it was really, really fucked up. And when he came out to talk, you know, I thought he was going to like retire. Right. And that, for me, love Matt would have sucked. But if that's what he came out to say, I'd have been like, good. Like, dude, if your brain was that fucked up, please don't ever wrestle again.
0: Yeah, man, that was probably one of the most scary fucking things I ever seen out of either Hardy Boy.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong,
0: Jeff's bump onto the stairs off the fucking... I was about to say,
1: that was about the same time too, eh? Yeah, uh, like roughly in, in give it give or take a couple months, but yeah, Jeff was facing Elias, right? And he did that swanton, and he almost fucking. Oh the my Jesus! The he did it
0: again. Fuck, that's right. Oh, I which was one are you talking
1: about, about? I was talking about the TNA
0: one where Bubba Dudley hit him with the fucking hammer, and he fell off the top of the cage and just biffed it
1: on the steps and he oh, bounced that's
0: like a fucking basketball.
1: That fucking thing. I forgot about that one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The one how many Elias times are these guys going to kill themselves? Fuck. <laughs> I know. We were just talking about how they're still going. <laughs>
0: like, holy fuck. Oh, my God. So, with the fact that they're still going, are there any dream matches out there, obviously, outside of yourself? <laughs> Is there any dream matches you have for the Hardy Boys in the current
1: wrestling landscape? Um maybe a solid run with FTR. You know, because I actually just saw a tweet recently where uh Dax like tag was, team. Yeah, where Dax was just saying that yeah, they wish that, that they could have worked with them like full on, right? Because uh, Dax got hurt, so they had the one match on Raw, but they didn't get the blow off, you know, so they didn't get the full program. The one match, and that was it. So
0: FTR you know, is probably my favorite modern tag team, if I will be honest.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way, man.
0: They they are the guys. Um, yes,
1: so, like, full-on, you know, Matt and Jeff against FTR. That's what I would love to see. But with Matt, honestly, I'd love to see him fight Edge again. Because, <laughs> like, not just, like, for their history. Edge right? is back, like... too, now. Exactly. So, it can happen. You know, so, like, they just, they I think they work well together, you know. And it's just, like, with the cage match being, like, my all-time favorite match, I just, you know, updated version. Wouldn't mind seeing it. And then just being realistic what? and stuff, where Matt just he he doesn't keep up the same way he used to. So like, don't want to get my hopes up. Of like, oh, one more title run, one more title run. But especially with what his brain is now after that fucking bump, you know, like I can't help but worry about him. You know,
0: I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, so I, I just trying to be realistic of just like like being hopeful of like what could happen. I don't want to be like, oh, Matt against this guy or whatever, but like for no reason, I guess. So it just mm-hmm. with like with Matt, like again. I love when he does things that are for a purpose, you know, or even him fighting Christian, you know, they took the time to build up a little feud, not an amazing feud, but it was a feud, you know, when he does something for a reason, you know, it can be really fucking good. So Matt, just anything that he does, I just hope that, you know, he puts solid effort into it, not just like, you know, half-ass freaking sitcom heel what he's doing as big money, Matt, you know, it just, this doesn't do it for me.
0: We just got a comment that I wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. agree with. Singles competition, Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be pretty solid. Like, Matt actually had a solid match with Darby.
0: Absolutely. I really like their match together. Imagine Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen on the same team.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting. And, like, with Darby, you know, like, same thing where we talk about balls to the wall, right? That's that fucking guy.
0: I love Derby Allen. I'll be honest, the I love I really much enjoyed his work. As soon as I heard his statement on JR in the sense of like where a lot of the AEW guys are kind of really rough on JR and he's like, Well, JR's been around forever, maybe we should probably listen to him. I heard that and I was like, Oh man, Darby, my dude. <laughs> like, thank
1: God. Yeah. <laughs> He's like someone with some fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, somebody finally said it.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say fuck if Jr. was telling me to do fucking something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, if, if nothing else, if I can hear him out. Jesus.
1: Yeah, but real quick on Darby, like it's kind of scary for him too, for being such a young guy, but also being, you know, like having the style that he has. Like I'm worried he's gonna get hurt. Like Matt's how old? And he, he got hurt I'm recently.
0: i Darby hasn't been hurt worse than he is, like, worse than he has been. Like, obviously, Buddy wakes up with pain. Like, how could you not with that style? But it's not a style with tenure unless Long- you're
1: able to longevity. do it
0: yeah yeah uh, it's not something with longevity to be able to keep up at that pace beating the fuck out of your body like that your body was gonna break down eventually and darby's not a huge fucking guy yeah. like not to not to be a vanilla midget kind of person but
1: like <laughs> yeah. yeah just for that style like his body like yeah. being able to hold up right
0: exactly like, he's deadly but like it's going to take a lot on your fucking body to be like that, man. And,
1: like, I don't know how the fuck he does it. He's a well, sick it's, bastard. Well, you, <laughs> want, you, you you wonder how Jeff does it, and then you wonder how Darby's going to do it, right? So, like, you never know. Could could go either way. Absolutely, man. But And that's the thing is guys
0: like that, they inspire people to do things that they might not have had the balls to do without a little bit of kick in the ass.
1: Very much so. So let's all just rejoice that Matt and Jeff are still around, they're still healthy, and they're still working. Yes, oh my god, they can still speak without
0: a slur, they can walk without a massive limp. Holy fuck. Thank god.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God forbid.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, right? That is like I mean same thing with McFoley too. Like these guys beat the living shit out of themselves and they somehow managed to get out not completely unscathed, but in comparison to what they could. Right?
1: Yeah, best case scenario, I guess, eh?
0: I guess it but yeah. Um, so we're at about hour and fifteen here, so we're gonna start wrapping this up. Is there anything that you wanna plug before we get out of here? And if there is, uh, I'm going to make sure to put little uh, comment gimmicks on the screen so people can see at what you're saying.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I would say follow the uh, Prairie Pro Wrestling page on Facebook. We've got a lot of awesome local events here. We're looking to travel more, but, you know, obviously more on that once we get going. So PPW, you know, one of the fastest growing promotions in Saskatchewan. Hoping to cross over to the provinces and such, like, just Here's hoping, man. PPW. I, I really want that to grow, first and foremost. And I
0: wholeheartedly for- uh, love the uh, pro company aspect of you. I love that, man. Can
1: Beautiful. You that? Thank you. And also, for myself, uh, got my Facebook page, Rocket Shoe, Tony Novak. Uh,
0: did you say Rocket Shoes?
1: Shoe. Rocket Just shoe? the one shoe. Shoe? Yeah, once I find a tag partner, then it'll be shoes. <laughs> but just for now, I'm just a singular shoe. need to hook
0: up with
1: Oh, my God. I love that, man. You know what? I'm going to do
0: a Rocket Shoes Tony Novak. A Rocket Shoe Tony Novak uh, design here. And then right eventually on, do I'd a Rocket that. Shoes one. And okay, then, Rocket uh, Shoe Tony
1: Novak. Is that only on Facebook? Uh... I have Twitter, but I don't use it much. So, yeah. But I do have an Instagram page, which I have like my wrestling stuff and also my personal stuff on there. So, just my cat stuff is on there too. Just a heads up. All my cat dad life stuff is on there. And that's Krabby Patty Daddy, isn't it? Krabby Patty Daddy. 1B, 1T, 1D. Okay.
0: So, that is at. K-R-A-B-Y-P-A-D-Y-D-A-D-Y.
1: On the patty, patty, it's a T. T? Yeah, one T.
0: One T on that mug, and that is on Instagram. I love that. So, Rocket Shoe Tony Novak on Facebook or Twitter, and Krabby Patty Daddy on Instagram, and you'll find (coughs) Tony Novak... You'll find Connor, you'll find the cats, you'll find the whole nine. Um, I absolutely love having you on here. Before we get out of here, I'm going to make sure to uh, plug my own shit. Uh, You better. The easiest way to find everything I do is go to Linktree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash T-S-P Cameron Stevens. And what you're going to see when you go to that uh, that little link is you're going to open it up and there's going to be a big-ass list. And you're going to see my website, my uh, my store on Pro Wrestling Tees. You're going to see my socials. You're going to see this podcast's audio version on Spotify. Uh, yes, sir. This guy. Uh, <laughs> And Google Podcasts. I'm going to add that later. <laughs> I'm going to add that link after. Uh, you'll find the links for my family stuff. Uh, my wife has her photography gig. She's got a, uh, a good few things she's got on the go here. Uh, my, ste- well, my, my son, he has a uh, few social medias on the go. TikTok, YouTube. Uh, I think that's the majority of it. Twitch? Twitch, yes, thank you. That was the other I knew one, it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, last but definitely not least, Fatal Four Paws. The
1: cats. Oh, yeah. I've, oh, yeah, you sent <laughs> me a link to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. To- I feel like that's totally up your alley. Anyone who loves kitties, check out Fatal Four Paws. Anyone who loves photography, check out Mama D Photos. Anyone who loves gaming or anime or anything like that. Check out Coden DTM on YouTube. I'm pretty sure uh, he's same thing. YouTube and Twitch. Uh, obviously, I'm Cameron Stevens. Wrestles or TSP. Cameron Stevens or Cameron Stevens Zero, depending on what platform you see. Linktree is the easiest way to find it all. And if you want to check out my website, you can find all kinds of shit. Uh, my personal bio, bio's about my tag former tag team partners, bio's about my rivals and my time uh, fending against them. I've got my full match history. Well, not full. Uh, I only put it up there recently. There are some matches that are missing. Everything from HIW and ringside is missing, unfortunately. I don't have any friggin' clue. of any of the dates on those matches, so they're not there.
1: I'm sure they happened, but I just don't know when they
0: happened. <laughs> but according to the record, it didn't. So whatever. <laughs> I have no proof. I have no proof, but I swear. <laughs> there's there's no proof, but it happened. I promise. I was there. <laughs> but uh, awesome, man! I'm so excited that you were able to get on here. I'm hoping to be able to uh, get you on a podcast again at some point. I'm in the works currently of trying to get more podcasts on the go Um, because, I mean, anyone who knows me knows it's always on the fucking grind trying to uh, get as much content out for these lovely folks as I possibly can, and they deserve the work. I'm telling you right now.
1: We appreciate it, buddy.
0: Absolutely. And when everybody's done checking out the podcast, they're done checking out the uh, whatever else I do, they can go to Pro Wrestling Tees. And when they go to Pro Wrestling Tees, I got, guess how many options I got?
1: Four? More. Seven? More. This fucking guy. Twelve? <laughs>
0: More. I give up. That's 20 options what for the, the fuck? folks. You can grab an Inspired with Cameron Stevens T-shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees.
1: Oh, my God, this guy. He's a whole brand. He's got
0: his hands in his face. He has no idea what to expect when it comes to the Panther. He's a whole brand. Oh, my God. I just blew his mind. It's exciting. And I woke the daughter up. Okay, I'm an asshole now. But anyway. I you can buy her all crazy. the
1: sleep she wants, man, with all your, with all your merchandise.
0: Oh, uh, yes. But anyway, um, thank you for coming on. It was great chatting with you. Anyone who's checking out this podcast, whether it's Love Wrestling on Facebook or Twitch or my own channel on YouTube, thank you for checking this out. And if you're listening uh, afterwards on Spotify or Google Podcast or anything else, thank you for listening. Signing off. Peace, the yeah. All right. Thanks again, Cameron. Later.